This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to The Huddle Podcast. As the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm reading a book right now called Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, and it's a very interesting read. I know many people would disagree with the particular outlook on economics that is in the book. It's very much based on uh, free markets and capitalism and, and deregulation of industry and all of this. But one of the things that has been really interesting to me in reading this book, and by the way, I never shy away from reading material that I might disagree with. And I think that's a great practice for you as well. In fact, I posted one of the books that I was looking forward to reading this year, up on social media. And I actually had somebody who they commented and they said, ew, because, you know, I'm guessing they disagreed with the, the author, their, their worldview, their philosophy, what have you, what, you know, the, the ideas that they're espousing in the book. But for me, I never shy away. And I think that successful people in general must never shy away from reading material that they might disagree with. And you have to read it open-minded, you know, as as well, with an open mind, because you might actually find that you actually do, in fact, agree with it. And if you're, of course, processing it already expecting to disagree, well, then you're very likely to find that. But in the book, Basic Economics, it's talking about how it doesn't really matter what you intend to do in terms of economics, but it matters what happens. In other words, the outcome is really distinct from the intentions behind the policies or behind the activity or the economic act, uh, actions that take place. And so, I thought this was a really important point, and I wanted to talk about it today on the podcast. In many ways, we have good intentions. We want to do the right thing. We want to be honest and be fair. Uh, obviously, we want to be just. We want to be forthright. All of you know the, the good words and, and even the superlatives of all of the good words that we can think of, our highest values and our highest ideals. We want to achieve those things. But just because that is our intent and our desire, it does not mean that the actual outcome of what we do is going to be aligned with those intentions or with those desires. So, for example, in the book Basic Economics, they're talking about how economic policies are often put in place to try and assist the poor. But in many respects, policies that are are put in place economically will end up backfiring, and they actually end up harming um, the poor, you know, the more socioeconomically disadvantaged uh, and, and the lower classes of different societies. And that was never the intent, but that's what ends up happening. And likewise, we can have the best intentions, the best desires, and the purest of ambitions. But we have to really judge what we're doing based on the output. We have to judge what we're doing based on what comes out of it, based on the product. I remember when I was in college, I had to do this English assignment, and I was notoriously a procrastinator in my in my college days, and I would put things off until the last minute. And so I put off this essay that I had to write, and I don't think it was very long. It was like two and a half, three pages, something like that. But I put it off until the night before it was due. And so that night I sat in my dorm room and I wrote my paper and 
you know, I went back over it one time and that's what I submitted. And when we got all of our grades back from the English assignment, uh, one of my friends was very unhappy with their grade. I think they ended up getting something like a D. Um, and I looked at my grade and I think I got like a B plus or something like that. And my friend was wanting to vent a little bit. And so she was saying, you know, this is ridiculous. I spent two weeks on this essay. And it was true. I mean, the professor had given us more than enough time. You know, she gave us something like three or four weeks to work on this. And she said, you know, you can stop by my office with a rough draft and I'll go over it and we can make revisions. And of course, I didn't do any of that. But my friend actually had. And so she was talking about how she had gone to the professor and, and shown them a rough draft and they had recommended, you know, changes and she had worked for two solid weeks on her essay and wound up with a D. And to her, that was absolutely unacceptable. It was deplorable. She was absolutely livid with this professor and right in, uh, it wasn't in the middle of class, but at the end of class, when everybody was still in the room, my friend walked right up to the professor and slapped her paper down in front of her and said, look, I worked for two weeks on this. I came to you. You gave me, you know, some suggestions. And this is just a completely unfair grade. And I think most of the heads in the room kind of turned. Uh, we weren't expecting that to happen. And I'll never forget, this professor was very straight-faced, calm, and composed. She was almost robotic in, in some respects. And she just looked at my friend and she said, I give you a grade based on the work that you do, not the amount of time, the effort, or the energy that you put into your work. And she kind of like swiveled the page back around at my friend and pushed it toward her. And my friend was absolutely stunned. She didn't know what to say. She just, you know, came back, you know, walked back, took her paper, walked back over to us, gave us that look. We all went to lunch. And then uh, while we were at lunch, uh, my friend continued to just rail against this professor and how unfair it was. But I remember for me, that was a really formative moment because I, I would never tell my friend this, uh, but... Uh, I guess maybe she's listening to the podcast and she would find out. I, I don't know. I haven't kept up with her in years. But um, I realized in that moment that I agreed with my professor that in a certain respect, it wasn't really fair. I certainly wasn't going to tell my friend, yeah, I wrote my essay the night before and just turned it in, you know, but that's what had happened, that I ended up with a significantly higher grade uh, than she did. But the reality is the grade that we get is based on the work that we produce. It's based on our output. It is not based on the time, the effort, or the energy that we put into something. And likewise, you can have the best intentions. But what really is most important is what comes out of your activity. I learned this the hard way with my business. And, you know, I used to take an approach in network marketing where I trusted my prospects to be very intelligent, to be very logical and reasonable. And so I was going to, you know, put my plan out there. I was going to show them my company. And because my company and the compensation, the product, because they all make sense, or at least they make sense to me, there was a time when I thought that they would make sense to all of my prospects. But of course, I found out like so many new network marketers that this is not actually the case. And so what I did is I shared things logically and rationally with prospects and nobody signed up. 
Nobody bought my product. Nobody joined my team. And there was a time where I became very, uh, I don't know if disenchanted is the right word, disillusioned. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I became very disillusioned with network marketing because I thought, I'm a person who's honest, who is being forthright, who's logical and, and rational and reasonable in every respect. And I felt like I was doing things, quote unquote, the right way. But the output was just not what I truly desired. And it was not until I began to apply what I had learned in English class that day in college that I started to see some changes in my network marketing business. I started to realize, and shame on me that it took this long for me to realize this, I have a psychology degree. I mean, that's my degree. I'm supposed to understand, you know, how the human mind works. And and maybe I did, but I just didn't. I, I had some sort of moral qualms. I, I felt like I would be manipulating people if I presented my business in a particular way, hoping to get a particular result. But here's what I found. That's not the case at all, okay? Humans, we like to get information in a particular way. We like it to be packaged and presented in a particular way. And if you don't package and and, uh, present your information in a way that is easily digestible, then you usually do not end up with a very persuasive um, sort of presentation or a very persuasive pitch, for lack of a better word. And of course, in network marketing, you know, persuasion is what it's all about. You want to persuade people that getting involved in your business or buying your product is going to be good for them. And again, I had real moral sort of ethical issues with this. Uh, because I felt like I was manipulating people uh, if I was being very intentional about the way that I structured my business presentation and my business conversations. But again, what I found is this is not the case at all. What I'm doing is I'm focusing on the outcome. I'm focusing on the end result. And I'm still going into everything being honest. I'm still going in being real and genuine not lying to people, not, you know, trying to trick them in any way or manipulate them in any way. But I'm using what I know about humans in order to get the outcome that I desire and that I believe is best for all of us, that I believe is best for that person as well as myself. And we could, you know, I could go off on a a bit of a side trail here, a bit of a rabbit hunt, and I could explain to you how you know, with any sort of endeavor of persuasion, if you don't actually believe that what you're offering this person or where you're trying to persuade them is really for the for the benefit of everybody, then I think that is morally wrong. And so you have to have that belief to start with. But what I just want to focus on today is this idea of intentions versus the product and the outcome. You know, I don't think that there are very many parents out there who say, yeah, I want to be a bad parent. Um, I want to mess up my kid. I want to scar them for life. I want to give them, you know, serious, deep psychological traumas. 
Okay, I don't think there's very many parents out there like that. There, you know, no doubt there are some parents out there that are absolute nightmares, that are absolute psychopaths. Yeah, I'm sure that those exist. But the vast majority of parents want what's best for their kids, you know? But the, the problem is that can be a good intention. You know, you're intending to give your children what's best, but if the outcome is not really, if you're not actually achieving the best for them, then your intentions don't really amount to a whole lot. I would not go so far as to say that intentions do not matter. I believe intentions actually do matter and can matter uh, quite a great deal. But in terms of the output or the outcome or the end result, the intentions are not nearly uh, as important as what you're actually trying to achieve. If you're trying to improve somebody's life, you can have the best intentions. But if their life is not improved, then those intentions don't amount to a whole lot. It's like those intentions haven't been actualized. I'll leave you with one final story. Um, when I was getting my psychology degree, I had a professor that I just absolutely loved, absolutely adored him. He was just a, a great guy. He had spent most of his life actually in banking. And then late in life, I, I want to say in his 50s, he decided to go back to school and switch over to counseling and therapy and psychology. And he did that and uh, became a licensed counselor in the state of Texas. And then here he was in his 70s and he was uh, teaching a class on psychology. And I just absolutely loved this guy and his outlook. And one of the things he said, I had his counseling theories class. He said, look, you have to realize that when somebody comes to you for counseling, there are basically three outcomes, pretty much exclusively three outcomes. And you've got to take your counseling very seriously because here they are. One, you can help them. Now, that's the goal of every good counselor out there. They want to help people. The second outcome is that you do nothing for them. You don't help them at all. Um, everything stays the same, no benefit. And he said, but the most frightening is the third outcome. And that's that you can seriously hurt some people. Even as a good counselor, with good intentions, you can seriously harm people because you have that kind of power as a counselor when people open up to you and they're sharing their deepest, darkest moments, their most intimate secrets, the things that they wouldn't share with anybody else. They're opening themselves up to you and you can really damage and wound them if you're not careful. Intentions are important, but you always have to weigh those against the outcome. And when we compare the outcome to our intentions, very often it really doesn't matter what those intentions are. We need to make a change. We need to, as they say in the business sector, pivot and move in a new direction so that we can get a new outcome. So don't get caught up in justifying what you're doing with the intentions that you have. Intentions, again, are important. But in terms of getting results, you need to look at the end result, you need to look at the product, and then you need to make really smart decisions about what activity, what behaviors, what procedures and protocols you need to change on a regular basis in order to get that new outcome. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, be sure to subscribe. And as always, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your ongoing success. 
I'll talk with you more tomorrow. Thanks for listening.